0: I already can't do this. Johnny can't do it. <laughs> can't podcast.
1: That's the intro.
0: <laughs> that's the whole episode. Done. Nope,
1: that's it. Mm-mm. <laughs> Welcome to the eighth episode of the Bisexual Podcast. Your favorite crafty queer Canadian podcast. I'm John, but you can call me Johnny Danger. No? You're making a I mess. Mean-
0: it's technically true that we can.
1: <laughs> you could <laughs> call me anything, but it won't be. It won't it's be not an inaccurate Dinger.
0: statement. <laughs> um, I'm Kelsey, and you can call me Kelsey Grammar, because I used to be an editor, and that was the funniest joke I ever made. And it was my Twitter handle for nine years. It's grammar, grammar like editing. Get it? Yeah. Not like Kelsey Grammar the person.
1: What you show it? was that? Uh... Frasier? I've never watched Frasier.
0: Buddy! You'd actually love it. (laughs) Except for the 90s transphobia, which we don't love. We
1: don't love that. I'm Johnny Danger because when I was working at Hooters, (laughs) I was super quiet and didn't talk to anybody. So the joke was that I was a serial killer, (laughs) and they called me Dangerous John or Johnny Danger.
0: I mean, you do have that goatee now, so
1: at my next job um i was super quiet and didn't talk to anybody There's, there's like a trend here mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. they thought i was a narc and they called me <laughs> officer john
0: uh, and at look my, at you now with a podcast talking to at my to everybody. next
1: job the owner's name was also john so they decided they couldn't have two johns so i became john junior or jj
0: oh i don't like that i mean
1: jj is fine I mean, again. I got so used to being JJ because I was JJ for four years. <laughs> I mean, I still am JJ to some people.
0: That's weird. It's weird that there are people who exist in the world where your entire identity
1: is JJ you anymore.
0: They don't it's like. They didn't so even. Static. They
1: didn't even know that it was John.
0: That's really funny. They
1: didn't know where it came from. They didn't know what my name was. I was just JJ.
0: Well, maybe that's why you didn't talk to anyone because none of them bothered to give shit and learn anything about you.
1: Well, no, that came with the not talking. to Oh,
0: yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Chicken and the egg.
1: Mm. Anyway, um, do you want to know, this is great, do you want to know what character from Shrek you are based on your horoscope?
0: I'm going to get so fucking roasted, aren't I?
1: When do you ever not get roasted?
0: (laughs) Am I the onion?
1: (laughs) No. No.
0: Who's sad? Shrek? Am I Shrek? No. Really? Really, um,
1: Ares was Shrek. Shrek. Yeah, alright. You're gonna, you're gonna be so upset. I mean, like, I, I'm so, i I'm so sorry. It's so I, funny.
0: Oh my god. Who Let
1: do know. you think it is? Who's the worst character in that movie?
0: Lord Farquaad? Yup. No! <laughs>
1: the write-up is so good, too. The write-up is, Lord Farquaad is overall a terrible person.
0: Fuck
1: off. <laughs> Sending other people off to die on quests while he basks in the resulting glory. Being a Cancer, he easily develops bitterness towards those who slight him or his ego, for instance, when people refer to his height insultingly.
0: <laughs> it do get bitter.
1: Farquaad is... Fickle-minded, seeing as he only cares about things that affect him directly, he discards anyone or anything he find, he, once he finds their utility has been diminished. He also is extremely possessive about his property. For example, when Shrek tries to rescue Fiona, Farquaad clearly implies that she belongs to him.
0: That's such bullshit! I hate that! That is, that is utterly inaccurate! I am not monogamous <laughs> <laughs> quite specifically don't feel that people are property <laughs> <laughs> i do bask in glory though if that is true
1: and you get upset when people joke about your height insult you insultingly it's true i do um
0: i don't love this
1: three guesses who libra is keep in mind that it's not just the first movie it's fans across
0: puss in boots
1: that really so, that would you know. have been so good it's, uh, no, it, it's Prince Charming. <laughs> I
0: wish people could hear my face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Prince Charming is a boastful, pretentious man whose mother's creepy devotion towards success has left him expecting the world to revolve around him. <laughs> like some Libras, his selfishness is actually a mask hiding his innumerable insecurities. Mm-hmm. This is obvious from the way he acts around Fiona and the other princesses. Uh, Prince Charming rarely shows signs of intelligence even <laughs> that his brain space is mostly taken up by fawning thoughts of himself uh, for example when he tries to trick fiona into thinking he is shrek but fails to emulate shrek po- shrek's body movements as he believes that the appearance changes enough
0: <laughs> how does that feel
1: i mean guess who else has a new world role in
0: nah. why are yours always pretty but dumb and mine is Short and shitty.
1: <laughs> and sad. And sad. Was that a good one? It was like the first thing I came up with today.
0: Personally, I hated it, but sure.
1: Okay. What, what, you've never picked one. I've only, I've always picked them. Hmm,
0: that's true. Well, I did find our associated Veronica songs. <laughs> <laughs> Cancer being revenge is sweeter than you ever were. <laughs> And Libra being popular. Yeah, makes sense. All the Veronica fans that listen to us are going to love this. Speaking of being sad, I had a CBT appointment today. How did that go? Fine. He's so earnest. Like, the doctor, he like he's just so genuinely earnest. And, like, so very much wants to give me skills to be okay. And, like, but also he's so annoying. <laughs> and then so we went through the, um the like thought breakdown, thought process chart, which is like where you have a problem or you have a situation and you write it in the one column and then you write down how you're feeling about the situation. And then you write down, no, you write down your mood and then you write down your feelings about the situation and then like the automatic thoughts that you have, and then you write down the, um, the evidence to support those automatic thoughts that you had. And then there's evidence that doesn't support the automatic thoughts that you have and then you reevaluate your mood or no you you use though the evidence to find a more balanced thought and to like kind of reframe the way you're thinking about the situation and then after all that you reevaluate your mood and so it's just like flow chart process thing and he was just like he was having such a great time with this and he was like super excited with my answers and like how insightful I was and how I like had a huge like total grasp on how I was feeling and differentiating like moods versus thoughts and like that thoughts are not facts and he was like this is going great this is going great and then we got to the part where um and so then we got to the part where like you need the to list all the thoughts that support all the facts that support your negative thoughts and I had so many and he was just like oh 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 okay okay Okay, well, this is okay. We can. We'll just have a whole bunch of good ones. It'll be fine. I'm like, okay, buddy.
1: <laughs> is he like fresh out of school, and he's just? No, like... he's very
0: old. <laughs> he's been. He's he's practiced in I think four provinces and like three countries. He's been all over, um, and he just so genuinely wants me to be okay. <laughs> Oh, and then we got to the, we got to the like, okay, so like, here's the part where we like, disprove all your negative thoughts. I'm like, no. yep. Yep. Okay.
1: <laughs> let's do <So> that, man. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go.
0: So I came up with like three good ones. And he's like, it's really good. I feel really great about this. This is really good. And he's like more, I want more. I'm like, that's it. And he's like, okay, well, you know, the one list might be a lot longer than the other but that doesn't mean that we can't like come like reframe and get balanced thoughts like this is fine like okay so then I do like my balanced thoughts like you know there's no reason why I can't do this this like I have a lot of support to do this this is all fine this is all easy like balanced thoughts there's no reason why I can't do this and he's like this is great this is so good how are you feel? Let's reevaluate your mood next. Cause you know, we've gone through this whole process and like everything is like, this is like, this is the thing we're doing. And you can see how it's working, blah, blah, blah. And like, what's your mood now? I'm like, I just feel sad. <laughs> and there was just like a silence and he goes, Oh, and he's like, can you, can you explain this? I'm like, yeah, I just, I mean, this is all stuff I've been telling myself for the last three days as I've been trying to do this thing. Like I, I, I know all this. None of this is new information. I, like, it, it's not helping me do the thing. <laughs> like, and like seeing it all laid out here, like it just makes me feel sad that it's such an easy thing that I've been trying to do for three days and I haven't been able to do it. And there's like literally, this is proof that there's n- no reason why I can't do this. And I haven't done it, and that just makes me feel really sad. And he, like, the, I could hear his mood drop. Oh my god. <laughs> and he's like oh oh okay well i'm really i'm just dis- i'm not di- like i'm not disappointed in you but I'm, I'm disappointed for you and i'm disappointed that this doesn't work and like it's really it's such a great tool and it helps a lot and like in the explained the whole process again you like and you can see how this works and blah 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 and it's just i'm sorry
1: <laughs> it's oh, not buddy. supposed
0: to make you feel worse <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, oh my guy and then i spent i was like you know what like, like, maybe we'll try it again next time. Like, I'll try it with more problems. Maybe, like, we can, like, tweak it a bit. Like, it's it's okay. Like, I can see how it's a great tool. And then the session ended with me trying to comfort him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a problem. That's not how that's supposed to go. don't know. <laughs> but you, so you're going to see him again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're in, we're in for next week. He's also, he's going to, he's going to, he's got a, a hat full of tricks, he said. So he's uh-huh. just going to keep pulling out tricks until one of them works. Oh, dear. Uh,
1: that's rough, man.
0: Yep. 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 Broke my therapist. <laughs> and he was just like, he was so ha- sad when he hung up. <laughs> uh, I felt really bad. <laughs> Which is weird because I was the one who was crying. So like, it's weird. <laughs> it's
1: not how it's supposed to go.
0: No. No. <laughs> you know how I have that anxiety where I just make everyone around me worse by nature of being around me?
1: Oh dear.
0: So that was fun.
1: That makes me wonder what his practice has been like. That that breaks him.
0: He was very like, I don't know. (laughs) He was so sure. He was so sure this was the one.
1: Well, it's early. Like in your relationship with him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm in a fun headspace.
1: I mean, in my last session, I was, you know, sad because it was the day that Sam and I started splitting our apartment up. Mm. Um, and I was talking to my therapist about it and she's, she's like, your voice changed. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying not to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said something about like, you know, like, it's okay, like, you should cry. Like, why aren't you crying? And I'm like, well, I mean, that's not, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm paying you to so we can talk. And she's like, okay, you know, but like you should like feel your feelings and stuff. I'm like, also like I don't like I'm home alone. Um I'm I'm sitting two feet away from the place where I was standing when the cops broke down my door. Like I feel uncomfortable all the time. And I'm like, I'm not in a place, like I don't feel like I'm in a place where I can be vulnerable like that. And she's like, Oh, oh, I'm I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> she's kind of like, Oh dear.
0: Maybe our therapist should support each other.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got these these people. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so that happened. Um, Hey, let's talk about fiber stuff. Yeah. You got anything on the
0: needles? So I've been doing all this color work. um, And so I've been feeling extremely inspired to design my first ever color work pattern. And I did. And I made the chart and then I like tiled the chart to make sure it all worked together. And it took me like four days of like working on this fucking chart. Sorry, mom. Working on this chart. <laughs> did she comment
1: on your swearing again?
0: No, I've been much better, I think. I, and it was like, I was like, yeah, I did. I had, a, I had a vision in my mind and then it happened exactly the way I wanted it to. And I knit up the test swatch and it was perfect. And then after all of that was done, the yarn on w- with, the yarn on which the pattern depended ended up not being available anymore. So I have to make up a whole new pattern for the month. That's fun. This a bummer, but I made my first colorwork pattern, so that was exciting.
1: That's very exciting.
0: Unfortunately, it's also very seasonally dependent, so I won't be able to use it for like a year, and we'll probably have forgotten all about it, and/or become a better colorwork designer. I mean,
1: the years, By that time. the years keep coming, and they don't stop coming.
0: And they don't stop coming. And they don't stop coming.
1: And TikTok keeping. jokes. <laughs> I can make them. Oh, was that a TikTok joke? That was an all-star because <laughs> we talked about Shrek earlier. <laughs> That that was a throwback to you the whole are so Shrek much older thing. Than I am. Oh my god! <laughs> At work, when the kids start talking about TikTok, I just start singing the Kesha song, song. <laughs> and then they just look embarrassed for me.
0: <laughs> oh my god! No, there was this beautiful trend on TikTok going around, where it it's so it's so fucking thirsty. I can't like it. Just it's it's almost awkward describing, but it's literally it was like a bunch of like. Super fucking hot trans mask people just being hot in front of the camera with this with the all star song saying, like, they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming, they don't stop coming. And then there, there'll be a caption being like, women, when they see me,
1: how do they miss this?
0: It was great, it was really. Fun I want to ride
1: the thirst train,
0: it was very great. I almost downloaded the app. <laughs> Good times.
1: Do you have any FOs?
0: Um, right, that's what secret we're here projects. for. Secret projects? Yarn stuff. <laughs> um, no, I'm still working on my spooky sweater.
1: Mm-hmm. Your secret sweater, that, your secret project from last week that we're not talking about.
0: Super secret spooky sweater. I can't wait to show people. I'm so excited about it. Um, And nope, that's it. <laughs> I did. I spent this last two weeks designing a pattern that I can't use, and then working on my spooky sweater. 'Cause I've been really fucking depressed and having a hard time knitting.
1: Fair. Yeah, I've yeah. barely done anything in the last couple of weeks. I'm still doing the Corvitz 19 cowl. I'm I've gotten better at the yarn management. I can't I can't keep them on separate think like on different hands. No. No, my brain can't handle that. <laughs> like it I no, man, no. Um okay. But I have gotten better at like, you know, bringing one on top and one underneath and stuff and like keeping track of that. So like my yarn management has gotten better. I realized that the floats at the beginning of the cowl were rather tight. So it got a little bunched up at the bottom. And I don't think there's really any coming back from that, is there?
0: Uh, Not super. Is it top down? Or is it bottom-up?
1: It's, I don't know, a cowl. It's reversible.
0: Because if you have the, if it's top-down, or if you wear it where the tighter bit is at the top of your neck, then the kind of flare will fit your neck cowl shape, as long as your head still fits in it. Yeah,
1: my head should fit in it. I'm not too worried about that.
0: You can try block, like, doing that, like, aggressively blocking the top. But, like, yeah, the the length of yarn floats is kind of a stopping point.
1: Um, yeah, so I did that. I made a couple more like Halloweeny little bears. Exciting! So I think I did them like during our stitch night last week. I made a little Frankenstein, a little ghost, the pumpkin one I did before.
0: Um, so cute!
1: I think that's on. That's about all I've gotten work. Like I did not pick up yarn from most of last week. But what I did do, so I spent most of last week, rearranging and cleaning and sorting my apartment. And while I was doing all that, I found my cat sweater.
0: Yes.
1: Which was the first thing I ever knit and was lost in a box in the closet for a very long time. And I found it and I pulled it out and then I put it on my cats and I took photos of it and I put a photo on Instagram and somebody commented on it, get a life. And that's all I've been thinking about it for the last like three days because I am so aggravated by this comment.
0: That's that's fair. That is absolutely fair. Because it's it was it's so needlessly cruel. Like if you are such a miserable crusty eye goop of a person that you hate seeing cats and sweaters, then just scroll past it. Like to go out of your way to comment something like that is just so intentionally and
1: needlessly mean and it's like that that was the first thing I ever knit if I hadn't done that we might not be sitting here today
0: damn that's such an important piece of history (laughs)
1: like and we have so much on the go and so much in the works right now and like we've got big stuff coming up yeah we do and you know that's my life and quite, I can, quite
0: literally, like that that sweater, yeah, as you're explaining it, like that sweater is literally representative of your life right now. I,
1: I can attribute it to that sweater. And like I pulled this sweater out when I was rearranging my part- apartment because my husband and I are, you know, we're gonna have different rooms now. And like we're still together and stuff, but like it was a big change and it was difficult and scary and... A whole bunch of stuff and i posted a cute picture of my cat wearing a sweater and it just is extremely demoralizing because like there's a bunch of other comments on it being like oh this is so cute and then there's that it's yeah it's just so unnecessary it
0: like, also just like even if that sweater had no meaning beyond it was a cat sweater and your cat looks freaking cute in it like still fuck off it doesn't like let people enjoy things
1: it's not hurting anybody you know, I I I work sixty hours a week for most of the last year. Okay, I made this six years ago, seven years ago. I was still also working like sixty hours a week at that point. Like, so what if I took a couple hours out of my week to make a fucking cat sweater? I learned a new hobby. I learned a new skill.
0: And it's also like, it's so. I don't know. At least I find it so intimidating. I've been knitting for years, and I'm 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 pr- I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Um, but like every time I post a picture of an FO, I'm still slightly nervous of so like, what if everyone else can see the mistakes I, I can make? What if this actually, what if I made a huge mistake that I didn't see and everyone else sees it? What if like, this doesn't live up to what, to the level that people think I should be at? Like it, it's, it's just, you, you pour so much time and effort and passion into things that are handmade and it's really intimidating to put them up online. And Especially early stuff, where, I mean, it, it was adorable. It was, it was a little bit janky.
1: It's bit. super janky. <laughs> it started out as a hat, and then I got <laughs> bored making a hat, and I was like, I wonder if I can make a cat sweater, and it turns out that I could.
0: <laughs> and, like, it's especially intimidating putting up, like, early work, which is a little janky. And, like, nobody has any right to disparage you for that. And it's, like, that's also, yeah, it's, like, my greatest fear that I'm going to put something up, and people are going to be like,
1: what are you doing? Yeah. And it's, yeah, like you don't always know the context behind something you might see on Instagram. You don't know what's going on in anybody's life when they post stuff on Instagram. If it's just a snapshot like that, right? Like it just, I don't know. Remember that the people on the other sides of the photos are people and your words can have an effect on them. I don't know. I'm just, I spend more time on Instagram now than I have in a while and it's just kind of like watching the way people engage with each other and stuff and it's just like it's so needlessly rude It is. and you know that's not the experience that I've had in this community and I'm sad that it's coming from my family <laughs> yeah so it's uh, it's demoralizing and I, I don't want to see more people do that and just don't be shitty man that's like the
0: golden rule shitty. why is that so hard Like, it just, I'm so tired of cruelty. And I'm so tired of people who default to cruelty. And I just, I just want to put more kindness out in the world to counteract it as much as I can. Yeah. I hope that every person who picks up one of your little bears, like, is so happy.
1: Yeah. And it's even just, you know, posting a cute photo of a cat. Maybe somebody scrolls on it on their timeline and, like, there's a cute picture of a
0: cat. It makes me happy every time I see it. I, keep, I, I seek it out. <laughs> like, every once in a while, I'm like, what's John's cats up to? And I go to your profile, I'm like, oh, they're still cute.
1: <laughs> they're still cute. There's more photos of them in our Discord, if you want to look at pictures of my cat and other cats in the Discord.
0: Yes, in, in clothes.
1: In clothes. You know what else is on our Discord? What? Emojis that are hearts in pride flight colors.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, those are so fun. And then are like, mentally.
1: I don't think, I think the bi heart gets used the most, I need to make it like a conscious effort to use like the trans heart more often. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I use, if I know their orientation or if they mention it, then I use the the associated heart and if not, I try to use the rainbow one to like not presume. Fair, fair. Um, but like the bi one, it's so good. It's, about good, everything. it's a good
1: color scheme. There's also a Pikachu emoji.
0: Oh, I love that one. Um,
1: a Furby emoji. A whole channel for photos of cursed Furbies.
0: Which I learned how to turn off notica- notifications for. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> because I would just like see on my screen like, oh, you've no know, given notifications in the Discord, and I'd swipe it and it would open, and I'd be like, ah. <laughs> Why? <laughs>
1: the one... I made this
0: thread so I wouldn't have to look at your question. <laughs>
1: the one without fur is so good.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Um, But speaking of the buy hearts, you know what else is buy? Me. Yep. You. Yep.
1: This week.
0: Yep. Wednesday is buy visibility day.
1: It. Bi Visibility Week starts today and goes until it culminates on the 23rd in Celebrate Bisexuality Day. I checked Wikipedia today.
0: Nailed it. Should we talk about bi shit?
1: Let's talk about bi shit.
0: Bi facts.
1: Bi facts. (laughs) Tell me some facts about bi. So since
0: it, yeah, since we're we're in Bi Visibility Week, we thought we would share some facts. Bi facts. (gasps) It's like rock facts. Over the Garden Wall. What? You you haven't seen Over the Garden Wall? No, (laughs) buddy. Okay, guess what we're doing this weekend?
1: Watching Frasier.
0: No, Legally Blonde. Then Over the Garden Wall. Then Frasier. So I guess I'll just go. I'm just gonna do them.
1: Just tell me facts. Just spit facts.
0: Here's some bi stuff. I don't know. I don't. This doesn't feel genuine.
1: It's weird. It's weird to just sit here and be like, these are facts. Yeah. What's your experience like as a bi person?
0: My experience as a bi person is... It's been weird. It's been... It's weirdly become tied into my... I don't know if this is the right... I don't know if this is the right phrasing for it, but, like, gender expression? Kind of? Like, I've... Like, my, my assigned gender has always felt accurate. I've never questioned that. But, like, the... When I thought I was straight, like, my high school experience was, like, very much performing... High, like, high femme, stereotypical femininity, because I thought that's what straight girls were like. And then when I realized I was bi, I looked around at everyone who was around me, all the queer folks around me, and none of them were femme. And so I, I like, my style transmuted into this very, like, hard femme, very, like, dark, muted color palette, you know, docks and tights kind of aesthetic. And, like, I thought I was, I, I was, like, very much if I wanted to be queer and if I wanted to be right as queer, like I couldn't embrace, you know, the things that made me happy, like pink and florals and sparkles and dresses. Like I thought I had to, like, to to feel that I was accepted into the bi community or the queer community in, in Toronto. Like I felt that I very much had to present in this very specific hard, hard femme, soft butch kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've become more comfortable with my bi and also after this, garbage last year. Um I just I've become so overcome with the need to embrace the things that make me happy. And so much of that now is just soft and like us like I've I've kind of again like just transformed into this very soft aesthetic and like a soft femme soft high femme, if that's a phrase. And like I feel like my queerness has physically manifested in my gender expression. Is that the right phrasing for that? I don't presentation.
1: I don't know if that's even, like, gender, if it's just, like, your style and your...
0: Yeah, maybe. Because
1: I don't know how much of that is tied into gender.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. The, like, expression of my... Yeah, yeah, no, I guess that's not really tied to my gender. Yeah, okay, my style my style expression, my, like...
1: Your aesthetic?
0: Aesthetic, even. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess it's, like, tied to gender norms, but yeah, it's not really about my gender expression. Okay. Mm. Um, and yeah, and now I just, I've feel like I've hit my like third and final evolution of this like soft, queer, sparkly, magical girl.
1: But Aesthetic. that's also, that's, that's, I think so much better is, is, you know, doing the things and, you know, dressing the way you want to and expressing yourself the way you want to is so much healthier than trying to like fit yourself into, you know, the expected or like the kind of stereo, stereotypes, I guess, of, mm-hmm. of what you see around
0: you. And it's like I feel like now that I'm more comfortable in my queerness, I don't need people to read it. I'm not so so fixated on the need for people to read it immediately. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end result, I look queerer than I ever have. So <laughs> I'm like pretty excited about that. But mm. it's it's been my yeah, it's been weird. Like my my buy experience has been very weird because I. As I was kind of coming in terms with it, I felt like I was still only attracting men because non men weren't reading my queerness, and right. then that made me doubt my queerness right because then all like all I've been doing is dating men um and then- that
1: that was my next question is like for as long as I known you like you' <laughs> la- like the last two serious relationships you were in were with men, and like how does that Affect the way you engage as a bi person?
0: I mean, like being non monogamous helps. So then I was like, I've been, because I've also had like, I had non men partners that were also long term and serious, but they weren't the ones that people read as my main relationships, which is against my principles within relationship anarchy, but does like, it doesn't affect how people read them.
1: Well, I mean, you got a couple of gals being pals.
0: Aren't we just? <laughs> Um, but like
1: how much of that is is people reading what they want to read into your relationships and less about what your relationship is or how how yeah. you express a relationship with another person is just we live in a heteronormative society and people see a couple of female presenting people and be like ah yes gal pals
0: it's it's a it the way people relate to my relationships has also been an extremely odd experience like when I'm out with a guy or someone who is read as a guy like people don't look at me people don't like I, I feel like I'm finally invisible and I'm like out and I can just be in the world and no one is paying attention to me I'm not gonna get cat called I'm not gonna get like no one's gonna come up and hit on me I'm not gonna be followed like it's just this weird security buffer where I can just exist mm-hmm. But whenever I'm out with, like, non-men, specifically, like, femme people, the ugh, the social engagement is so different. Like, yeah, it's either, like, catcalled telling us to kiss, or we get, we either get, like, looked at, like, lewdly, or we get looked at, like, people go out of their way to make eye contact and, like, do a nod. like I see we, you. We, I see, I accept you. It's, mm-hmm. You're gay and it's okay. Which also feels really weird <laughs> unless it's from someone who is also like obviously queer
1: and then yeah it's different because that's like a kind of like a recognition of but of... even
0: though like it's so de- like you can i feel like you can tell because like there's a smile that like queer people give each other it's like yeah I see but then there's the look thing. of the like the the straight person who's like i want you to know that i accept you and that i'm not put off by your gayness <laughs> And I fucking hate that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. So yeah, it's my my bias has been caught up in a bunch of other other external stuff that has like made the whole experience a wild ride. Because and it's also, yeah, I don't know. It's just been been a fun it's been a fun time. I'm glad I'm in my thirties and now I'm old and tired, and I don't have to try to figure out my sexuality anymore. Like, I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm good.
1: <laughs> You're pretty settled on it?
0: Yeah, I like it. This is fine.
1: Okay, so this leads me to my next question is, why bi? Why not pan or, um, omni or... poly? Poly, Polysexual? As opposed to polyamorous, as opposed to... Yes,
0: that is a very good question. Um,
1: they all, they all kind of mean very similar things, but I think that they can mean very different things to different people and...
0: Mm-hmm. I, bi was the word that always felt right. Like, as soon as I learned that it was a word, I was like, this is, this is my word. It also objectively has the best flag. <laughs> this is true. Um, but then I also, I, I, bi, of course, does not mean to. And nobody, nobody has used by the bi in bisexual or biromantic to mean two genders since the 90s. Like it is, that's not a thing. And anyone who's saying is a thing is ill-informed.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, what, your gender and others?
0: Yeah. And that's, like, I, gender plays a role in my attraction. And I have a preference, and despite my dating history, it is not men. <laughs> when people, when I started hearing about pan, I, I've, I kind of bristled because they meant the same thing. And, like, you're just, you're, you're, like, pan is coming out of the biophobic assumption that um, trans people aren't included in bi attraction, and like that, bi means two genders, and that bi is binary, and like pan is a is like it's based in biphobia and like this, it's a needless, needless identity.
1: And like even even sorry, it's just the the bi flag, like the purple stripe, is to represent trans people.
0: Literally, it's literally right in there.
1: Like it's since since its inception,
0: yeah, has um, been trans inclusive. Mm-hmm. And but then of course I you know actually talked to pan folks, and then read things about it and like it did it that is its origin but much like many words and identities like it it has become its own its own identity and like pan is typically used to be like to describe um attraction outside of gender like gender doesn't play a role in the attraction and that that is distinctly different from how i feel my attraction works like i feel that gender does play a role and i do i do have a preference and like i i I can see how those are like totally separate things, mm-hmm. um, and I will admit that I don't actually know. I know vaguely what poly and omni mean, but I just—I
1: don't fully know. I don't yeah. know if I've any ever met anybody who identifies as either.
0: Mm-hmm. But with my my old age and my radical acceptance of my identity, I have also come to firmly believe that like I don't have to know what your identity means. I don't have to. I don't have to. Like you, it's valid whether or not I know what it means. It's valid whether or not I, I like it. And like, I'm, like, I'm like the
1: flag looks like, like really.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like it, you, whatever word works best for you is your identity and that's all anyone needs to know. Like you don't have to justify it. You don't have to, you know, carry the the burden of educating everyone around you. Like you, your identity is yours and it's, it's valid. Bye, it works best for me. And I am super happy with it, but I'm also, super happy that all of these other words exist because I'm sure they mean just as much to other people. I also very much relate to the like the activism around bi visibility and bi phobia anti-biphobia. Bi erasure. Bi bi erasure yeah yeah. and like bi is kind of I I think there's some disagreement about this but my understanding is that bi is kind of the umbrella term for like the multi yeah it's um I've
1: seen bi plus used more and more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's kind of the umbrella term, like inco- like including and incorporating pan and omni and Polly and whatever else, because mm-hmm. there are so many more. Like I like when I was doing the bears and I was like looking at different pride flags and stuff. I came across like a master list of pride flags, and there are so many. <laughs> My God, like between between gender and sexuality and stuff like, holy balls there's so many different like identities and flags and stuff. Um, And like, this makes me feel super old and just like out of the loop. (laughs) Um, But it is
0: like, isn't that also such a beautiful thing? It it
1: is because there's all these, it's like, there's so many different words you can use to describe yourself and there's more and more every day. And it helps you find people who identify similarly and like just being able to build a community around that and like have that kind of a, Label for yourself because sometimes it does help to have a label and it's sometimes, you know, it's validating in a way to know that this is exists and has been recognized and you can use it as a, like a point to, to like, a Form a connection. My... Yeah. Form a connection with with other people.
0: It just like when I look at this collages of of all the flags like it just, it just makes me so happy because like every single one of those flags has at least one single person who, like, perfectly embodies that. And that word means, like, everything to them. And that word, like, completely identifies who they are and how they love and who they love. And if there's one person, there's going to be so many more. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, I don't know. There are some people, like, there, there are gatekeepers within the community who derive the, like, splintering and, the, like, the specificity of, of labels and flags. But, like, it just it can only get better and it can only help the community grow and understand itself and meet the needs of everyone. And
1: Mm -hmm. And also recognizing that like everything's fluid Mm. and like things can change. And maybe, maybe you identify as one thing one day and maybe not the next. And I mean, there's even fucking flags for that. (laughs) It's true. Um, But it's, it's nice to have like, representation and you know, to see things that you can identify with and like this massive undertaking of like collecting all these flags and stuff like it's it's so cool
0: what's your experience of buying us? you talked about it a bit um last week
1: yeah like kind of figuring out attraction and stuff mm-hmm. um but you know most of my relationships have been with with masked people and i wouldn't say that i have a preference it just seems like people have a like preference about me and then it tends, it tends to be more masked people is just what I've experienced or, or, or I'm oblivious. I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that might also be it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is, that's a very strong contender for mm-hmm. the truth of the matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll go with that one. I'm oblivious and have only an, ever really ended up in relationships with more masked people. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. There was one time I was at work and I was talking to this guy and I said something about my ex-girlfriend and he, he knew that I was married to a man and he just like, he looked at me and he's like, ex-girlfriend. I was like, yeah. And he's like, what made you decide to become gay?
0: Shut up.
1: And I'm like, the word you're looking for is bisexual. <laughs> um, I want to get that on a hat.
0: How is that even a real thing that people say?
1: It was really funny. And I just like the choice of his word, decide to become gay. Like, imagine.
0: I'm like, you know what? I wanted
1: to be discriminated against. (laughs) I'm a white male passing person. I was like, you know what? (laughs) This isn't working for me. (laughs) Um, But like, I don't know. it's, It's never, whenever I talk about like at work in particular, like I talk about, you know, dating men or women or other people or, you know, people that are not my husband and stuff like that. They're just kind of always like, oh yeah, you're just doing you. Everybody's just kind of like, you know, you're going to do whatever you want to do and nothing's going to stop you. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am going to okay. do whatever I want to <laughs> do. Um, and like it, sometimes it leads to really great conversations and I've barely had like an issue with any of it ever. But, like, I don't feel like my bi informs much of the way I move through the world.
0: Do you feel that, like, because a common thing with bi folks is more often than not, we're red as straight, and that has an effect on, like, our feelings of being valid and being part of the queer community. Like, because you're red as gay, mostly, like, does it, does that also come with weird feelings?
1: I use the word gay a lot to describe myself, because a lot of the times I don't want to get into the, like, if it's just in passing or whatever, I'm making a joke or whatever, like it's so much more nuanced than than I have any desire to get into. And it's like, at the end of the day, I'm married to a dude. So, but like that, you know, is erasing my own identity. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've kind of been, I've kind of been thinking about a lot too, is just like, I'm contributing to buy erasure <laughs> by, by not being what more vocal about, but it's like, why is this anybody's business?
0: It's not.
1: It's not. I, I don't
0: know. I feel, yeah, the the, the like guilt of contributing to bi-erasure is so real, and it's so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I dated a woman for five years, and I would say the relationship hit a natural end probably three years in. And we just stuck it out. And neither of us really, like, I don't think either of us were getting much out of it other than a friendship for for quite a long time and then even when that started to like get to strain because it was obviously that this relationship like was well over and like even when that started to strain and I started being like actively unhappy I still like when I was talking to my friends about it I was still like she was my first girlfriend and like if I'm not dating her then I'm just dating this guy and then I'm not like queer anymore. I don't know. Like, do, I'm non-monogamous, and I'm bi. Like, I should be dating both.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I like, yeah, I ended up in this stagnant relationship that, if we had ended it at the at its natural end, and like,
1: maybe if, could have if we yeah, if
0: we would have, like de-escalated at that time, we we would still have had a lovely and beautiful friendship. Whereas, like, we kind of just we let it get stale, and we let it get just frustrating. Mm-hmm. And like it, and I think honestly, like, it was literally just because I didn't want to not be dating a woman and that's so shitty like that's such a shitty thing to put me myself through it's such a shitty thing to put this like wonderful lovely human being through i mean to be like she also didn't end the relationship and i'm sure she had her own reasons for it but like yeah i and i feel like i've come a long way since then and i'm like no longer afraid to break up with someone who's not a man if they're being shitty And that's, that's nice. Like, I feel like now that I'm more comfortable in my queerness, I don't feel the need to be like, the fact that I'm only kind of seeing a guy doesn't make me feel any less queer, any less whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, I I feel like less like I need to prove anything now. And I've I've relieved myself of the guilt of bi erasure, which has been healthy and nice. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How much of your aesthetic have you lean into because they're bi stereotypes?
1: A lot of them I didn't even realize were bi-stereotypes. Really? Yeah. Like last year when I was wearing like the funky, like printed button stuff, that had nothing to do with the bi-stereotype because I didn't <laughs> know that it was a bi-stereotype. I just That's thought they were funky. perfect. Um, like flannels, I just wore flannels. <laughs> um, and like my sister described my aesthetic as um, hipster dad. 100%
0: so accurate.
1: So like that's kind of what I was more leaning into without realizing that much of it
0: was like bi-stereotypes. That hips or dad is the bi-esthetic.
1: Yeah I had I had no idea because like I I wasn't in any bi like I wasn't in any bi Facebook groups or anything. Mm. I had no real exposure to any specifically bi communities because like I, I'm not particularly active on Facebook or anything like I don't I'm not active in online communities, um, except for your own. Except for my own. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I had no exposure to anything even remotely bi. Learning the bi stereotypes and just being like, "Oh, yep, that's me," is it's been really funny and interesting. So, yeah, like it, it, like my my bias has not really informed my life much at all, really.
0: That's so funny. You just like be.
1: I'm a bi-stereotype. I just had no you idea. You are. <laughs> I just had no idea.
0: Which is also like how these become stereotypes because a bunch of us dinguses just are it. Just, <laughs> just doing it. Because <laughs> we're all just trying to figure our own shit out and try to like look gay, but not too gay, but also not straight mm-hmm. or whatever.
1: And there's um in Alicia Elliott's book, A Mind Spread on the Ground, there's um an essay in it called On Seeing and Being Seen. Hmm. And just, like, the title of that essay alone, I wasn't able to read the essay because I read that, like, the title of it, and it got so stuck on it because I often don't feel seen, specifically as, like, a trans person. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know how often I'm read read as trans. And, like, I see trans people come into work, and, like, I I don't want to say that I know, but, like, and I wonder if they read me. Oh, and so yeah it's just kind of a weird place to be so when I when I saw the title of that essay like that just got so stuck in my head um and I think that might also kind of just you know be a bit into like the bi stereotypes and stuff it's like because you you know wear these plaids and flannels and stuff and you see other people wearing it you're seeing and being seen
0: it's a really lovely way of putting it Hmm. yeah I'm totally the opposite and once I learned about bi-stereotypes, there was already a bunch that I fit into, but then, like, the sitting like a weirdo, I've done that my whole life. But then the, like, the denim on denim and the cuffed pants, like, I just saw all of these gorgeous selfies from all of these gorgeous people looking so bi. I'm like, I want to be that.
1: <laughs> so, like, you, you learned all the stereotypes and then just, like, leaned into it.
0: Yeah. And I totally do. Like, and I, I want, like... Yeah, denim on denim is never a thing I ever would have done before. And now I'm just like, fuck yeah. Hmm. Bye. And I want, like, other bi people to see my weird mismatched denim on denim and be like, you're one of a us. Bye. Hm.
1: Hm. I mean, like, I wear jeans all the time. Like, I only <laughs> own jeans. And, like, I've I've only ever owned jeans.
0: It's this, It's this specifically the, the cuffing of the jeans. Mm. Which never... Because I, like, usually... Like, my pants are always very tight. Like, there's never really a need to cuff. But then I saw all these people with the cuff pants. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can. This looks looks great as shit. I'm gonna do that.
1: When I was cuffing pants, it's because they were too long.
0: (laughs) See, even back when the, like, in middle school where the style was to have pants that were way too fucking long, I still didn't cuff them. I had my, like, very wide, bell-bottom-type pants, and then they were, like, Going under my fat farm sneakers as I was walking, and they just like ripped the
1: shit out of the back of your jeans. Yeah. Oh my god! Every single (laughs) pair of jeans between like grade six and grade ten.
0: Oh, it looked like I was chewing on them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So cuffing. If I had known back then, I definitely got the bye bob before I knew it was the bye bob, though.
1: The bye bob. I've never had a bob. I remember one time when I was in grade nine, I cut off all my hair and dyed it pink.
0: I did that in grade nine, too.
1: For the, like, right for the beginning of school year. Yeah. Um, And then I went into work wearing, not into work, into school. (laughs) I've been working for too long. I went into school wearing, um, I wore a skirt and fishnet stockings underneath.
0: Damn. like,
1: my black chucks. (laughs) And my teacher, like, my homeroom teacher asked me if I lost a bet.
0: Oh, fuck off.
1: Because it was the first time that anybody had ever seen me in the skirt. (laughs)
0: that's that'd be a great look though fuck oh it was
1: so cool um he was very confused by it i think a lot of people were Mm -hmm. i was because i was trying to perform femininity in the pop punk way i had
0: i can't picture it at all huh
1: there's there's no photographic evidence
0: yeah fair i went the complete opposite in my grade nine debut and i cut off all my hair and i had this like you know that it was like a it was like a pixie cut but like a little bit longer And so it was, like, kind of long in the front, and then it was, like, short enough to be, like, spiky in the back.
1: Like Kate from John and Kate Plus 8?
0: You can fuck all the way (laughs) off. Am I wrong? No! I did it first, and it was way cooler. And it was bright pink. And then I wore a um, baby blue matching tracksuit with a, it was a, it was a fold-down waist that all the pants had back in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. So they were, like, sitting real low. (laughs) And then I had a matching tracksuit jacket that, like, sat above my hips. So it was, like, real short. And then it was just, like, and then I had the hood up because I was, like, so cute and cool in my matching tracksuit in my first day, Grade 9. Such a dork. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, But, no, it's funny because we were talking about, I mean, you messaged me earlier about this, but um, the performing femininity as it relates to autism.
0: Yeah. You yeah.
1: Talk a bit about that.
0: So I've been having like a lot of autistic feels. I mean, I always have autistic feels. Feelings about autism specifically. Um, this past week, because I just, I don't know. There's been a lot going on. I've just been, I've been doing a lot of introspection. And then I saw this thing on, I follow um Al Woods core in the Delta universe on Facebook. And it's my favorite fucking feminist, communist, anarchist page <laughs> love it love it so fucking much and someone posted not someone the moderator they, they posted a um tumblr post from someone who had canoned elwoods as autistic elwoods and legally blonde and i i so love my favorite thing about identity-based communities is their propensity to adopt characters and to to explain characters in new lights and like the 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 head canon as Zuko as autistic like changed my life and changed the way that I related to that character and I related to the show um Avatar, The last Airbender, if you don't know that. If you don't know that, like literally stop listening to this and go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix now. Um and yeah, and so like it just someone just someone posted about Al Woods as being autistic and legally blonde. Um, um so so basically, it's, it's a long post, and it's a really good one, and we're going to link it in the show notes so people can go read it. Um, but basically, Elle, Woods, Elle strictly follows the traditional rules of femininity as dictated by Southern Californian culture, with special interests in the color pink, fashion, and her partner. She's extremely trusting and takes, on, and takes people literally when they're kind to her, which is okay when she stays in her place, as gender norms dictate. But as she leaves her familiar habitat, um, in which she's cultivated her like social, cultural, and symb- symbolic capital, through careful study and adherence to those social norms, she finds herself ostracized and abused. Even though she's hyperlexic and has a high IQ, brackets as traditionally defined, she has difficulty reading social cues in new environments. She also copes with transitioning, transitioning into new cir- circumstances by falling back into familiar routines of personal hygiene and filling her personal space with familiar items. Uh, she's also extremely ethical to her personal morals, which gets her into difficulty with social norms di- when social norms dictate being flexible with one's ex- ethics. She also does not privilege human companionship above other species. Um, and I really, I loved this so much because it never occurred to me to even consider her as autistic because she's not at all what the stereotype of autism is. Like she's popular. She's beautiful. She she knows how to talk to people. She knows how to engage. She knows how to run a room. It never in my life occurred to me that she could be autistic. And then so the, the post goes on to explain, so Elwitz is the kind of autistic that most neurotypicals can't recognize because she's camouflaged in socially acceptable practices. But to someone who's also autistic, it's clear that the way that she approaches these practices is neuroatypical. Many autistic women survive and blend in by making traditional feminine norms their special interests, and their neurotypical- neuroatypicality can often become disabling only when they change habitus, which means, the social, which means the circle of people and environment and all the cultural practices that go with it. And so basically, it was just, it was just a completely different approach to a completely different explanation of autism that I've never seen or heard before, but it resonated so fucking hard. It it, it took me well into my my late 20s to to realize I was autistic. And once I did, so many pieces of myself, my identity and the way I relate to people started to fall into place. But I've I've always kind of still struggled with engaging in autistic communities because in a lot of ways, I don't fit the stereotypes. And it's it's weird because we're talking about bi-stereotypes and how fun they are. But like, if the ones that I don't meet, I don't feel like make me any less five. But for some reason, the the autistic stereotypes that I don't meet, make me question whether I'm actually autistic. But this, this reading of like, hyper femininity as a special interest of pink as a special interest of making your partner a special interest. Like I, I've been doing that. I've been doing that my whole life. I, I learned, I, pr- I remember practicing smiling in front of the mirror in middle school, because I felt that I wasn't smiling the way people were smiling. And I had to like, I watched people and how they smile and I, I copied that and I like I learned how to smile with my eyes and like I learned how to put on a really fucking good fake smile because I wanted people to think I was normal and like I've been I've been practicing like studying and practicing social norms my whole life without realizing them and then I get really flustered and upset when people don't do them like you like holistic folks you made these rules I learned them you can't just decide not to do them anymore. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, like so much of my high school experience, like in my, my aggressive femininity, wasn't just me trying to pretend to be straight. It was also me pretending to be holistic and like not autistic. I, I watched movies like Legally Blonde and Bring It On and hilariously, but I'm a cheerleader, <laughs> which totally, the irony totally went over my head at the time. And I I wore heels every day and I had a a purse that coordinated to every pair of heels. And I, I was a cheerleader and I got through life so easily that way. And people responded to me well. And I understood that people found me attractive, specifically men. I understood that men found me attractive and I learned how to navigate that. Like I learned all that. And then as I started to learn more about myself and to learn more about my identity and to learn more about how autism works and specifically works with me I have started to unlearn a bunch of that and now I'm I'm in this weird place where I have to relearn how to engage with people in a genuine way without masking because for so long it was just like a shield that went up automatically and helped me get through life it helped me get my jobs that I had it helped me get my relationships it helped me get all of these things and now like I don't ever want to have a partner be a special interest again. I don't ever want to feel like I have to expend the energy pretending to be someone I'm not to make other people more comfortable. And it's been this whole weird new, like, relearning of how to engage with the world in a way that I fu- didn't fully understand until I read this silly fucking Tumblr post about Elle Woods. And it was just, it was just, this is like... I don't know. It was just this weird, validating, incredibly beautiful thing that made me love this already perfect movie in a whole other level. Yeah, I don't really have like anywhere that I'm going with this. It just... It's neat. It's neat. And it made me so fucking happy. And I've just been thinking a lot of thoughts that I haven't yet been able to put into any coherent form or point. It just, it made me so fucking happy that I just sat there staring at my phone for like a full half hour just thinking about this. So, but yeah, yeah, like, I mean,
1: I guess it's kind of like my craftism thing where it's like, you know, you you have this experience with this thing and you can keep coming back from it and looking at it and it can, like, reshape the way you look at things and it can change, like, the way you understand yourself and the way, I don't know, you know, some stuff.
0: It like, yeah, totally. And, like, I love, I love when people... When people's head canning makes me change the way I look at a character, like Zuko is autistic, but like this, this made me re- like this made me re- at the way I look at myself, and that's so powerful. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I hope someone else who's listening to this also has a similar realization, or I hope this, I hope this means something to somebody else too, because it fucking rocked my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I yeah, you know what? Fuck yeah! I can be. I'm just. I'm feeling really happy and validated that I can be soft and femme and bi and autistic and all of those things can coexist and none of them override or erase the other. And that's just such a nice feeling. Mm -hmm. So yes, in our, in in this, in this week of bi visibility, I hope your takeaway from all of these ramblings are that your sexuality does not depend on your gender. If you have only dated your gender or have only dated other genders and not your gender, that doesn't make you any less bi. If you've never dated anyone, that doesn't make you any less bi. If
1: you don't want to date anyone, that's cool too.
0: That's also cool. And if you don't wear cuff jeans and denim on denim, you're still a bi.
1: If you don't do finger guns, then th- <laughs> you're on thin fucking ice.
0: <laughs> only you define your sexuality and you can be as visible or not visible about it as you want. You are valid and we love you. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you for listening to the eighth episode of the Bisexual Podcast. You can find our show notes, including photos and links to patterns and designers and all the things we talk about on our website, Situal.ca. We are on Instagram as at Podcast. You can find me at underscore dangerous John and Kelsey at Kelsey grammar 23. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, and help us reach more Disaster Queer folk. Join our Discord server where you can, find, uh, you can find an invite to this on our website and also in the link on our Instagram bio. Come tell us what bi-stereotypes you fall into.
0: Or don't fall into.
1: Or what other characters you had, Ken, as Autistic?
0: I'm happy flapping.
1: <laughs> oh, also, we have a stitch night tomorrow. <laughs> Join our stuff. stitch night. Yeah. Yeah, we're here to talk about yarn. Okay, bye.